0: Get to episode 242 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can See You. Whenever you need to purchase something from Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to ICanSeeYou.com/slash Amazon. That'll take you to the Amazon.com homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. It doesn't cost you anything more. And I may earn a small commission on qualifying purchases. Again, that's com slash Amazon. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From
1: Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies.
0: Hello there and welcome to episode 242 of I Can't See You. My name is David at David Benge on all the socials. I'm really glad you're here today for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And as usual, I've got a few things to talk about. Let's jump right into it. The BEP director job. I didn't get it. Do I need to say more? (laughs) I think I do. Because I got a 95 on the test, which I later found out was out of 100. Possibility, if you're a veteran, you could get up to 110. Of course, I'm not a veteran. And... So 95 out of 110, still not bad, right? Never got an interview. Called and talked to at least one of the people that I put down as a reference, and they never got any kind of call from me. So is it me, or was it preplanned? As one of my friends suggested, I will not divulge her name. (laughs) But just by saying that, you probably know who it is. (laughs) So the thought is, after speaking to a few people... And we don't know who got the job. The thought is that maybe the guy who was the acting director, not that he was acting, he was just pretending or filling in as the director. I I guess I shouldn't say pretending. Although, from what I've heard about this person, uh, he's not the best. So we'll see. But if it was his job all along, maybe by law they had to advertise it They advertised it with no intentions of even looking at anyone else and just hiring that guy, the guy that was in the job. And fingers are crossed that it's not him because, again, from what I was told by a couple of folks, he is not the right person for the job. But I guess for me, I guess I hope it is him because why else wouldn't I have gotten any kind of call if it is this guy This is the guy I mentioned a few episodes ago, maybe more than a few episodes ago now, where I joined that call. He told me I couldn't be there and somebody had to correct him and say, look, this is a public meeting. He can be here, meaning me. And so I hung out for that meeting, which really wasn't the same type of meeting as it was billed to be that I had traveled to Harrisburg for a month or two earlier where it was a very, that was going to be an open and kind of, hey, this is what goes on in the BEP and so forth and so on. This one that I was on, this meeting, was more of a how to do certain things and you got to do it this way. And and this guy who was the acting director was saying, we're your partner. Then he told a silly story about a guy named Sandy who lost his sight and his friend Art helped him out. And it turned out that when Art needed some money for his record, he went to Sandy and Sandy gave him the last $400 in his bank account so Art could go make a record. That's what they called those things back in the day. <laughs> I don't know what they call them anymore, right? I mean, it's it was a CD, but it's not really that anymore either. So I guess it's just a compilation of 10 to 15 songs, and it was Art Garfunkel this guy was talking about. Again, had nothing to do with the makeup of the BEP and just wasted time. And from what I hear, this guy has no idea about blindness, and he made a couple of mentions about doing certain things, and the way he said it, he had, again, no clue on how a blind person would actually... Do a specific thing. Again, not saying that I would be better than him. I don't know that I would. I'm just saying that hopefully this guy or whoever they chose has some sort of business background and at least understands what blindness is. And they don't say, oh, the bathroom, it's right over there, while they're pointing to something. I'll find more out, I'm sure, along the way, and we'll, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see what happens with the BEP within Pennsylvania. And as I mentioned before, it's different in each state. Most states have some sort of complaint about the program. Some obviously are better than others. But again, it is run by a state agency, and that in itself tells you what the story is there. When it's a governmental agency and they're trying to, quote-unquote, help, as Ronald Reagan once said, I'm with the government. I'm here to help. That's the worst thing you could possibly hear from someone because they don't usually help. But I'm interested to see who it is and what their intentions are moving forward. I'm hoping that once they do have a meeting, I'll jump on that call and listen in and see what the story is. Maybe we can even get them for an interview, or her, an interview on White Canes Connect. We'll we'll see about that. I know that Lisa and I have talked about having the person who is the head of the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services on White Canes Connect, and hopefully we can get her on. We actually met her last year at the state convention in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure if she's going to be at the one this year in Harrisburg, our state convention for the NFB of Pennsylvania coming up in November in Harrisburg, which I'm kind of happy about because it's a short train ride and short, I mean, two hours compared to eight and a half hours to go to Pittsburgh last year. So hopefully she'll be there and hopefully we can get her on because I'd I'd really, there's a lot of things with BBVS that we could talk about with her on White Canes Connect really wouldn't be suited for this podcast because it's a different type of format, a different type of situation here as opposed to White Canes Connect. I've been emailing back and forth with someone from the NFB in the UK, which is somewhat affiliated with the NFB here, but not part of the NFB here in the U.S. An episode or two ago, I talked about speaking with Simon to one of their London branch meetings and it was a lot of fun talking to them and they were very interested in the BEP when I mentioned that. And again, I've gone back and forth with a couple of emails from Fiona talking about that because they, just like everywhere else in this country, blind folks, uh, in the seventy percentile of unemployed or underemployed uh it's just something that it's it seems like it's a it 's a global thing same thing in the u k uh many blind folks unemployed because again they don't get even an, uh, their foot in the door. To a lot of positions, a lot of folks think, hey, this blind person can't do it, and let's move on. And I'm hoping that's not <laughs> not the case of what happened to me with this BEP director job. Experience-wise, I was definitely experienced enough for the position, whether they didn't like the fact that I don't have a college degree, or they didn't like some of my answers. I don't know. Again, I had 95 out of 100, or 95 out of 110, if you want to throw in the extra credit, uh pretty good and again the as i was telling a friend of mine the other day the questions that were asked on the test and and i i hesitate to call it a test because it was more like a questionnaire they scored it like a test but i had things that i could choose from uh, different scenarios in my business career when they asked a question about a certain thing, I said, oh, should I use this thing from the video store at this time or should I use this thing that happened also in the video store but a different time or should I use this thing that happened at Salon Supplies and Interiors? Again, I've had everything they asked about, I had done multiple times throughout my career since I started when I was 21 years old back in 1986. So it couldn't have been that for the reason that I didn't get the job. Maybe it was because I um, am blind. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't have the college degree. Or, like I said, maybe it is from the person who was acting director was kind of just given the job because he's already been in the job. And evidently, they like him and they know him. So, Whatever the reason is, we'll find out and we'll see how it is going forward. I'm not surprised that I didn't get it. I am surprised that I didn't get even a token interview being blind and being in business. (laughs) I I would have thought that was good for something. A hey, how are you type of thing. And sorry, we're moving on. It was just two emails, one telling me my score about three weeks after I applied and one uh, a couple days ago telling me that I didn't get it. They had a lot of qualified candidates. A few weeks ago, I was asked by NFBF Pennsylvania President Lynn Heights to fill in for her, if I could, at a what I thought was going to be a senior summit, but it turns out it was not quite the same as one of her senior summits. A lady named Yvonne Hughes, who I actually did training with at CBVI in Chester, puts on these... Events at these different rec centers around the city of Philadelphia. And she gets a whole bunch of folks. Now, this one was more focused on diabetes and health and things like that. But we were there, the NFB of Pennsylvania, someone from Vision Link, which kind of cracks me up at that name. What does Vision Link do? It's not a link to your vision it's a link for folks who don't have vision, (laughs) or much of it. Uh, It just used to be called the Associated Services for the Blind. While not the greatest of names, at least it explained a little more of what they did. But they were there. There were some other health companies, at-home health agencies, and things like that. I actually didn't walk around the room to talk to any of the folks. Uh, A lot of them give out water bottles and hand sanitizer and There was uh, someone there that could take your blood pressure, (laughs) and I wondered. I thought about doing that, but I thought, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I, of course, stood the whole time, and I was there for about three hours. Uh, Again, not that big a deal to me. Everybody seems to to laugh at me when I do that, and probably makes people a little uncomfortable too, but it was a nice event that Yvonne put on, and I'm interested to see moving forward. She's doing these senior summits. Which are very similar to this event, but more focused on senior citizens and those who have lost their vision and those who have other health issues. This was, like I said, not exactly that, and she's planning on doing more events at this one rec center, which was in West Philadelphia, which was very cool on my way there. I I was having flashbacks, not that I could really see the surroundings as I was driving in the Uber down Baltimore Pike into Baltimore Avenue through Clifton Heights and Lansdowne, and I don't even know some of the other locations, but it was like I was in my dad's car back when I was a kid and he had a couple of supermarkets in West Philadelphia. Go ahead, sing it. And <laughs> it was just like going to one of his stores. And I don't know how close we were. I didn't, I didn't go on to Google maps to see how close to any of the markets he had 48th and spruce or 30 something in Gerard or, uh, 52nd and Market. This was at 55th and Christian, I think. And I was there with Stacy Leap. Stacy has been on this podcast and has co hosted more than a handful of episodes of White Canes Connect, both with me and with Lisa. And so she and I were there representing the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. But it was a flashback driving there because it was just the same way. We would go, we passed the Dunkin' Donuts, of course, now just called Dunkin', that my dad and I would stop at when we would go in in the morning. And it was just, a, it was really a flashback. And I hadn't driven that way into West Philly. And I'm sure I've done it since I was 12 years old, but it's been a while. So it was very interesting to do that. And then getting there, it was probably the first time I was ever at a rec center in Philadelphia. And I didn't really know what to expect. The the cool thing was this rec center had a pool, so it was nice to hear the kids. The kids are out playing in the pool and having fun, and I love hearing that. There's a neighbor of ours here about three or four houses down that has a pool, and I didn't realize that. And one day I was outside with Ziggy, and I hear the kids playing in the pool, and they're yelling and carrying on, and it, it was just nice to hear the kids having fun like that. Same thing at the rec center here. Uh, but we went to the rec center, got situated. It was interesting the way we got there. And at first, the Uber driver said, oh, is it OK if I drop you off across the street? And I said, well, is there a traffic light here? Can I just cross? And he's like, no, no, just wait. I'll turn around. And he turned around and let me off. I was appreciative of that because I do not like crossing streets, let alone in the middle of a street where I can't tell if a car <laughs> car is coming or not. So I got there. He told me where the entrance was. I walked through. I passed the basketball court on my right, on the left was a pool, that was behind another fence, and I then walked in and one of the people there took me to the room where this uh, meeting was, and it was kind of set up like a small uh, exhibit hall type of thing with tables around the outside, chairs in the middle where people could come and sit down as other folks walked around the outside of the room and went to the different stations, we were on opposite sides of the room with vision link. And we were the two blind organizations there or I guess that's what you could call them because vision link doesn't help people that could see. I mean, they might be able to help somebody who has partial sight, but not people with just who wear glasses. They're helping people with visual issues, whether they're blind or visually impaired um, that's who they're helping. But we were on opposite sides, and they actually had a couple of questions for us, and, and we were happy to help them with the answers. But it was interesting to see all the folks there and how Yvonne has such respect within the community and the people that were there talking about their uh, – at our table, for example, someone from Drexel that does – Hardware for low-income folks. So, if you need a, an iPad and you can't afford it, that they'll they'll help you get that. Uh, which is funny because sitting next to me was Stacy, who has had this computer that is just it. It's just not cutting it. It's not. It, it freezes. She has to reboot and so forth and so on. So she actually talked to this guy. His name was Rich from this Drexel program at Drexel University that can help her hopefully get another computer that would be more reliable than the one she has. So he was there with us and he talked about his organization and all the other different organizations talked a little about it, what they all do, but it's amazing the respect that Yvonne gets from all these different folks and the community at large. And she really just started within the last couple of years as far as putting these things together. I don't know when they started uh, might only be a year, but it was, I, I sat down and I was talking to her after all was said and done. And, and I just wanted to say hi. And so we started talking and again, the the number one focus was the BEP, the BEP, she had mentioned – she said, hey, I was at Walmart, and within Walmart, they had a couple of stores. One was a Subway. One was I, – I forget what else she mentioned. Why can't we go in there? And I said, "I said that's not a BEP thing. The BEP goes into state and federal buildings, whether it's an office building or something along the interstates, the rest stops, where there are different um, – when you go in, you know, and you can go to uh, – I was going to say McDonald's, but they're usually not in them. But sometimes they're in there, or Burger King, Starbucks. But they also have the vending machines in these places. And sometimes it's just the place that has the vending machines and bathrooms. And there could be six or eight or ten vending machines. And in the summer, from a couple of folks I know that have these, they do so well, they have to refill the machines two and three times a week. And... So she's asking, why couldn't we go into those stores like Target, where they have the Pizza Hut and the Starbucks and things like that? And again, I you know I'd mentioned to her, you can't it's because it's not a state or a federal building. But why couldn't you go into something like 30th Street Station, which is the main Amtrak station in Philadelphia, or Penn Station in New York, or Penn Station in Baltimore, for or wherever? places like that, or the airports that, again, are, and I guess some of them are quasi-public buildings. The main thing is there are so many places within Pennsylvania, for example, that still don't have a blind operator. They've been contracted out to other folks because of everything, because of the pandemic, and they weren't getting people, like I've mentioned before, aren't going through training. And I I was explaining this to Yvonne. And I told her, you know, we'll stay on top of it. I hadn't found out yet when I was at this event on Tuesday. And I'm recording this after midnight on Thursday. So I guess that technically is Friday. I I mean, not really even technically, it is Friday. (laughs) So We talked about that and we talked about a few other things and it was nice to talk to her. But as we were talking, some of the folks were leaving from the different tables because the event was over and they all came over and some are hugging and kissing her and thanking her for allowing them to be there. Uh, And it was just amazing to me the respect that she has uh, picked up from doing these events. And, And it's not a small thing. So it's nice to support her for that. Uh, and it was nice to be there. And when all was said and done, I got done and I was waiting outside. And while I was waiting out there, Stacy had been out there because she had she was going to take CCT, the same thing she took coming in, which <laughs> she called me when I was on my way. I said, oh, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm here already. I'm the only one here. I said, we are there pretty early. She said, Yeah, my CCT came early and I I couldn't say no because she wasn't sure that they would come back. And again, that's another, that's a whole other animal to speak of with uh, the, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, community something transport. I I don't remember exactly. But basically, the the folks that help uh, disabled people get from door to door because they can't to the, They don't have a bus stop or a train station or a trolley stop near them. So you kind of have to take what they give you with that. If they get there an hour early, so be it. If they get there an hour late, I mean, I don't know how you could run uh, work at a, at a job with hours like that with wondering if you're going to be on time and, and so forth or get to a doctor's appointment on time when, you know, if they come a half an hour late and you've missed your appointment, then what? So I, Stacy had walked out long before I started talking to Yvonne, and I said, "Oh, you guys are still here. I thought you were leaving." She, she said, "Yeah, they told me they were ten minutes away." I said, "I said that's got to be twenty minutes ago," and I and she said, "Yeah." And So I talked to her and her daughter Alana, and Stacy also has an aide that was there. So I, that was the first time I had met this specific aide, and and she was very nice. I was uh, really impressed with her, uh, very friendly and very thorough, and obviously, she's been Stacy's aide for something like three years, so they obviously now have the chemistry and and uh, she's got everything she knows how stacy is and you know, what Stacy really needs help with and so forth and so on. But I got to speak to them and it was nice to have <laughs> to have somebody cited because I was waiting for an orange RAV4 and every time an SUV drove by, I could kind of tell it was an SUV and I would say to, <laughs> I would say to her, I said, oh, was that an orange? Is that car orange? And she would say no. And then finally one came up and stopped and I said, is that car orange? And she said yes and I got in and then came home a different way that I was completely confused by so, uh, but it was nice to be there to support Yvonne, and uh, I'm sure I will be asked to do it again in the future. And I look forward to helping Yvonne because Yvonne has a lot going on, and she really is trying to get things happening within the blind community, w- both within the city of Philadelphia and in general, because of the way things are with blind folks getting jobs or not getting jobs more specifically. On Tuesday night, we had our all-blind league fantasy football draft, and (laughs) it was a lot of fun. It always is a lot of fun, although when you get later in the rounds, if you do any kind of fantasy football, you start picking up people that you wonder what's going to happen. And then, of course, the next day, I was going to take—I looked at Corey Davis, and I I don't know if he was taken before— I had a chance to think about taking him, but I've had him on my teams in the past and I'm never too thrilled with him, but he's one of those names that, you know, well, of course, a day or two later, he walked away from football. (laughs) So the person that took him, Ed, obviously now has to get somebody else. Um, Ed actually, on his last pick, took a guy I wanted to take. And, you know, it was a flyer uh, because you don't know where this guy is going to end up playing this year. was Leonard Fournette. And if he ends up at a place... That is a potential winner might be a good fit. Obviously, if he goes to a nobody team, maybe he won't be so much. But that was a great last round pick by Ed, and I was I was kind of bummed that I I couldn't get in on that. Uh, I did take Dalvin Cook in the later rounds though, so I was happy I got him. I don't know how he's going to do, but uh, overall, I was graded C by Yahoo. <laughs> and if you kind of want to get a feel for how the draft goes, there's, there's two chances. One, of course, and everybody knows, if you've listened to this podcast, even a few episodes, you know that I'm about to tell you to go to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash football if you want to see the fantasy football draft from a couple of years ago. It was a documentary produced by Yahoo and at the time Verizon Media when they were one. Um, it's still out there. You can see how everything went, but coming up, before we get too far into it, I have – I recorded the draft. And I know you're thinking, what do you mean you recorded the draft? Why, what kind of craziness is that? Frank gave me an idea after listening to last week's episode where I had the VR study on there. He said, you know, could you do the draft? And I said, you know, I'll have to try. And so after I got done eating dinner that day when Frank called me, I came down in here to Studio B, and I started just messing around with my phone plugged into my Zoom PodTrack P4, and then I sent him the file of stuff that I was doing. And I actually had, you know, I was just messing around, dragging my finger around the screen and letting it play through the app, uh, the Yahoo Fantasy app, which is almost 100% accessible. Again, most things are not 100% accessible, but this app is pretty close. And again, there are some hiccups with it. Like anybody that plays for the Raiders, it'll say Jimmy Garoppolo, 55. And that's because LV, I guess, is 55 in Roman numerals. And that's what it reads it. It's also funny when I listen to scores with uh, some of the Premier League teams. 54, of course, has a pretty good team, and that would be Liverpool. <laughs> but it's it's funny how that somehow comes out. Um, but for the most part, it was it came out pretty good. So I can't wait to hear, and I'm talking about it now, in this week's Just Listen coming up in a couple of minutes, I have the draft, so you can hear what it was like on my phone. I have all the first-round picks, and... I have some later, uh, a round or two later, and I also interspersed. I turned up one of my mics, so I don't know how good the audio is going to be from that because I wasn't sitting right at the mic like I'm sitting at this mic right now. So I haven't listened to that portion of it, but I made some some comments along the way. Of oh, that guy is going to be mad that his his player was taken because I, for example, there's a there's a guy named TJ uh, in our league. And he lives in Cincinnati. He and his wife, Allison. Allison is on that Real Blind Tech show. But I could tell, I knew that if somebody from Cincinnati was on a team and he would be the next pick, that, for example, Jamar Chase. Everybody had Jamar Chase pegged at number three, but TJ was picking four. And I knew that if Jamar Chase lasted till four, TJ was going to take him. I just knew it. But the guy who picked third picked him. So... It was just an interesting draft. It's always fun because I guess some people don't look at more than the Yahoo projections. And a few of us use, I think it's called Fantasy Pros. And I used to use Football Guys, but when I started using Fantasy Pros probably eight or ten years ago, I'm like, oh, this is free. I don't have to pay anything. Why am I paying for Football Guys? And... I've, I've used that ever since. Between the two of them, it kind of gives you a good idea. Sometimes one will be ranked a lot higher, and so you can end up picking up, I don't want to say a sleeper, but somebody that, if if they're only using the Yahoo app to figure out where a guy should go, you may miss on a few players along the way. But it was interesting with that, and I picked number 11, and as soon as I found out where I picked... I thought, oh, I wonder who's picking after me, and uh, funny enough, it was Frank, and during that draft video, when you go to com slash football, which, by the way, takes you to the YouTube video over on YouTube. It's not on I Can't See You. It's just a link to make it easy to say, you.com football slash football, to go see that video, but Frank was sitting next to me during that draft, and I believe— I think I picked one in front of him or one after him. I can't remember. And I'm sure <laughs> he's going to text me or whatever and tell me, yes, that's – because we were – the whole draft, we were saying – I'm like, oh, I was going to pick that guy or uh, or whatnot. You'll hear the draft. Um, and I and I messaged Frank before. I said, hey, you're picking after me today. And, he, and he's like, oh, did you – they came out already with the numbers? And I said, yeah. And the nice thing about picking that late in the round – is especially for Frank, he got the 12th and the 13th pick, and then of course didn't pick again for 20 picks. I got the 11th and 14th pick, so that was also very cool. I was very happy with uh, I got Nick Chubb had fallen all the way. Fantasy Pros had him pegged at around five or four, and I guess five, and um, I think Yahoo had him at eight or seven or something like that. I don't remember. And so he was there so I picked him and then I was able to get Bijan Robinson the running back from Atlanta going back the other way and then I had time to take a nap before my next <laughs> before my next pick. So that part is cool except for the fact of the long delay in between and I started putting people in my queue because as the draft wears on and as I get older I forget oh I want to pick this guy so I put him in the queue and if he's there when my pick comes up you know then I then I grab him. I ended up taking Lamar Jackson as the quarterback and I grabbed him. I don't want to say I grabbed him a little early, but I may have, but I was afraid he wasn't going to be there 20 picks later or somebody decent wasn't going to be there. You know, sometimes a person gets picked and that starts a run on whatever position that guy was in tight end, kicker, whatever. I, I'm, nobody, nobody's rushing to buy kick to take kickers, but you know what I mean? So when, the top two or three quarterbacks went. First, obviously, was Mahomes. Jalen Hurts went. When Josh Allen went, I thought, oh, I better take somebody because, again, 20 picks from now, I I don't want to have John Kitna on my team uh, as my main quarterback. (laughs) He, He hasn't played for probably 20 years. So I took him maybe a little early, and it just changes the thinking on how you draft it also as the draft goes on it made the fantasy pros sheets that i was using not as i don't want to say reliable but i had to remember oh that guy was taken like i was once when, when tight ends started going and of course travis kelsey went very early you know at where he should go in the top top 10 i think i think my friend brian got him uh at eight or nine whatever he picked he goes, and then a couple of the other higher-end ones go. I was trying to get Dallas Goddard from the Eagles, and when I looked for him, I couldn't tell that somebody had already picked him, and I was kind of bummed because I thought I would still be able to get him. I don't even remember who my tight end is <laughs> at this point. But it, it just changes the way you have to think about draft. If you're drafting five or six or seven, you don't obviously have as many picks to wait to get back to you. When you're at either end, like with Ed, Ed got the first pick and it was a good one. He took Jefferson, but then he didn't pick again for another 20 some odd picks. And when it came back to him, I I don't remember who he got. He got his number two and three picks back to back, obviously, because he picked first and then he went another 20, whatever, without picking. So it changes the strategy on where you pick. For me, the more I have to listen to something, as I've said a million times, I'm a very visual person, which is funny to say with someone who has had little vision his entire life. Obviously, I had more vision when I was younger, but as the vision goes and I have to rely on my hearing, sometimes I have to listen to things multiple times just to get it, especially numbers. I don't know why. Three-digit, four-digit numbers, I'm good, but you get to, uh, for example, when you get a code, you know, with that two-factor authentication, sometimes the code comes, and it's a six-digit code, and it's easy for me to remember when they say 241718, but sometimes it doesn't say it that way. It'll say 241718. I'm like, wait, what? And so I have to go back and listen again, and then again, and then again, finally, before I get it. Same thing goes when I'm listening, okay, this guy was picked, and I'm looking at the fantasy pros and listening to that, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should take this guy, maybe I should take that guy. I'm not happy with the latter part of my draft. But we'll see. You know, it's always a crapshoot. We'll see what happens. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And this week's Just Listen, I have the draft order, which I don't remember if I turned the speed down. So this, the draft order may be at what I normally listen at, which is 70. I, I won't know until I play it. I don't remember. Cause I, when I record these, I put those things in later. I I've listened to that. So I know that how it is, but I don't remember if it was a, 60. I don't, and again, I don't, it was either 55 or 60. I did it because I'm, I was afraid to make it too fast because some folks can't, can't follow can't follow along at that. Just like I can't follow along with my friends who have their speeds at 100. And I don't know how they could even comprehend that. So here it is, the all blind leagues fantasy draft for 2023. Starting off with the, draft order, and then going into the first round and some of the picks, and then some of my comments as <laughs> as I was talking. All that on this week's Just Listen.
1: Picking first, where's huddles? You pick 11th. Previous pick will appear here. 2. SoCal Stallions. Andy. Autodraft. 3. Blind as a mofro. Rick. 4. Fourth and drunk. T. J. Autodraft. 5. Ezekiel 2,517. Dominic. 6. Montreal Beavers. Nick. 7. Cookies Bandits. Clarence. 8. Bayou Boys. Dwight. Autodraft. 9. Astoria Knights. Brian. 10. Mayberry Minutemen. Rodney. 11. FC Tunguska 08. David. 12. Pug Posse. Frank. Where's Huddle's pick? Justin Jefferson. Andy picking next. Your turn up in 9 picks. SoCal Stallions pick Christian McCaffrey. Rick picking next. Your turn up in 8 picks. Blind as a Mofro picked Jamar Chase. T. J. Picking next. Your turn up in 7 picks. 4th and Drunk picked Austin Eckler. Dominic picking next. Your turn up in 6 picks. Ezekiel 2,517 picked Cooper Cup. Nick picking next. Your turn up in 5 picks. Montreal Beavers picked Tyreek Hill. Clarence picking next. Your turn up in 4 picks. Hookies Bandits picked Stephon Diggs. Dwight picking next. Your turn up in three picks. Bayou boys pick Saquon Barkley. Brian picking next. Your turn up in two picks. Astoria Knights pick Travis Kelsey. Your turn next. Mayberry Minutemen pick C. D. Lamb. Your turn. B. Draft Nick Chubb. Button. B. Remove Bijan Robinson from Q. But B. Rob. Draft Nick Chubb. Button. You pick Nick Chubb. Frank picking next. Your turn up in two picks.
0: If Robinson's there on the flip side, I'm going to take him. Don't pick him, Frank.
1: <laughs> Pug Posse pick Tony Pollard. Your turn next. Pug posse picked A, J, Brown. Your turn. B, Robinson ATL. Remove. Draft B. John Robinson. D, Henry 10, RB. Add. Draft Derek Henry. Button. Add J, Taylor Eind. RB Pug. Proj PDS. B, Robinson ATL. RB. Remove B. John Robinson. Draft B. John Robinson. Button. You pick B. John Robinson. D, Adams 55. WR. X rank. 17 by week. 13.
0: One thing I should say, I never felt rushed when I was looking for a pick, even when the guy I was about to pick got picked a pick or two beforehand, I knew that if I didn't have somebody in my queue, I was going to take the next best, whether it was a wide receiver or running back. And so I, I never panicked. I, in, in previous years, I used to panic, especially when we used other apps and all-blind league has always used Yahoo, but when I was in other leagues we used ESPN, not very accessible and it was difficult for me to go through and and make my my picks then. So that's the one great thing. The Yahoo Fantasy Football app is or Yahoo Fantasy Sports app I should say because we also do hockey on that, which I'm guessing that draft is coming up in about a month. But it is just so nice to go through that and be able to pick and listen to the different stats and and whatnot. Now again, because because I had the sound or the uh, speed turned down, it was kind of like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer calls the the uh, betting line. The I, I guess it was a nine seven six betting line, and the guy was talking really slow because they charged by the minute. <laughs> it was kind of like that. And uh, so that – and I, I didn't even think about that because I didn't turn my speed back up until after the draft when I remembered as I was listening to an email I'm wondering I could go have a sandwich while I'm listening to this because it's taking forever. This is the All Blind League. My team is FC Tunguska, which I know I'm going to come out with at least a T-shirt for that because I've wanted a T-shirt with that logo on it that I created about 15 years ago that I just love. It's my favorite thing that I've ever created logo-wise, and uh, I can't wait to put that on a T-shirt or a hat or something, a mug, whatever it is. Uh, I'd love to put that on something and and wear it around. I, I say that as I'm wearing a Throwback uh, Thursday West Coast video shirt from uh, circa 1997 that, for some reason, is still in pretty good shape. And a lot of people have said, boy, your T-shirts, you have you have these t-shirts that last forever and I we don't use the dryer for t-shirts and stuff. Jane's room right now is our drying room with a dehumidifier in there and a ceiling fan and they dry like that as opposed to being in a in the dryer. One more thing before we go, I want to tell you about White Canes Connect episode 081 with Chef Deborah Erickson from The Blind Kitchen. And she went to culinary school after she lost her vision. She has... Retinitis pigmentosa, RP for short. It's obviously a lot easier to say RP. But she went to culinary school after she lost the majority of her vision. And the one thing that she tells us in episode 081 is she could do everything that the sighted folks could do except for getting the stuff done on time. So if you're thinking about, like, Top Chef, if you've ever watched those There was one girl a few years ago. In fact, I think she was originally from Philly. She could (laughs) never, and she was cited. She could never get done on time. That was her, everything she did was always good, but she always had trouble getting everything done by the time the clock ran out. And that's what Deborah said. She had, that was the one issue she had was getting it done. Because again, like I've said a million times, it is universal that blind folks just sometimes take, either a little longer or a lot longer to get certain things done that sighted folks just get done bing, bang, boom. And that's that's an issue. Uh, I did want to play this clip from White Canes Connect episode 081. Deborah talks about some of the items that she carries at the blind kitchen. And by the way, I've ordered a talking scale from the blind kitchen that I've used the Eat Smart scale since I Lost started to lose weight back in 2009, and I still use it to this day. But I can't always see it every day, it's got big numbers. And even when I can't see it on days, I will use my phone to use seeing AI to read them out to me. It doesn't always work, especially when I'm trying to pour something because I weigh everything, liquids included. Which, again, I know that's not how you're supposed to do it, but I know how much for example, how many grams of hot water I need to make my iced tea, it works for me. And that is something that Deborah speaks about in episode 081 of White Canes Connect. She also talks about some of the items, and this is a clip we're going to play. She talks about some of the items that weren't invented for blind folks to use in the kitchen but they are great for blind folks to use in the kitchen. And let's just take a listen to that clip.
2: I had to figure things out, and I'll give you an example. So they, you know, when you go to a hot dog stand, they have those squeeze bottles of ketchup mm-hmm. and mustard. So they had a canola olive oil mixture, and it was at every single workstation, and I knew where to find it. But they would cut the the, the tops open, and people would just squeeze a tablespoon into it or two tablespoons, whatever they needed, into their and I, I I didn't want to have to take a tablespoon out every time and pour it in and check it and pour it in. So I actually discovered um, well, I was a bartender in college and the liquor bottles had auto automatic dispensers. So mm-hmm. so people can't give their friends a heavy pour and the bar <laughs> loses money. I found one that measures out exactly a tablespoon. I call it the auto measure spout. You put it on top of an It has to fit nicely on an olive oil bottle or a canola oil bottle or whatever. And you tip it upside down. You can use one hand to see for you. Where's that pan? I want to pour it in. Or where's that bowl? You tip it upside down. It just takes about a a second. And it's like it's thinking, but it's not. It works with ball bearings or something. Mm -hmm. And it dispenses one tablespoon of liquid. And it stops, even if you're still holding it upside down. So then if you want a second tablespoon, you just turn the bottle upright again, it Mm redoes whatever it does. And then you tip it upside down again, and you're going to get your second one. So those are the kind of tools that I would say 90% of the tools in the blind kitchen were not intended for blind people.
0: So again, check out episode 081 of White Canes Connect with Chef Deborah Erickson from the blind kitchen. Check out all the stuff that she has for sale. The talking scale that I bought from her, and I haven't gotten it yet. I'm excited for it once it gets here, is different from the ones that are available on Amazon. And the ones that are available on Amazon suck. So I'm hoping that this one is better. The Eat Smart scale, which is not a talking one that I bought from Amazon, outstanding. And I, as I think I've mentioned previously, I, I think I've had five of those since I started buying the food scales. Sometimes I pour too much water and it overflows and then gets in and takes care of the LED, <laughs> the LED uh, readout thing. Sometimes it just stops the, the batteries. I don't know if they get corroded in there from the moisture getting in there sometimes. Again, I'm you know, not to neatest as sometimes. And sometimes I, I, I'm missing the, whatever I'm pouring into with the hot water. So it's just going on the scale and getting underneath. And I don't even know. And the scale is just sitting in water and, you know, that ends up ruining it after it sits there for a while. So just a lot of cool things she has over there. Again, not all are specifically for blind people. She has cut gloves, which is, is a glove that you would wear. So you don't lose a finger when you're cutting a tomato or whatever you're cutting, Uh, when you're using your Ginsu knife to cut through that soda can (laughs) or branch. Uh, But check out theblindkitchen.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. And again, check out the entire episode of White Canes Connect episode 081 with Chef Deborah Erickson. We really enjoyed speaking with her. She's really nice, probably in my age range and uh, it just it was just a good interview. We spoke to her quite a while after we got done recording and we really uh, really liked her and I hope she does well with the blind kitchen. So that will do it for episode two forty two of I can't see you, which again that kind of rhymes. I really do appreciate listening. Show notes are available over on the website com slash two four two that's i can't slash two hundred forty two all numbers Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 242. Reach out to me, whether it's on social media, at David Benj, on Facebook and Threads and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter or X, whatever you call it, and on YouTube, where, of course, you can listen to the podcast episodes. And I'm toying with the idea of doing them live, but who is going to watch them <laughs> At 1.30 in the morning Eastern <laughs> when I record it. And of course, then I would have to edit it down for the audio version. But I'm thinking about that. I'm trying to figure out how I could listen to, once people actually do start watching, listen to what's going on in the chat and actually play those out. After doing the draft the other day, I kind of have an idea. It's just a matter of whether it'll work and I have to test it out. But please reach out on social media or via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. There's also the phone number 646-926-6350. Please reach out with questions, comments, show ideas, things you love, things you hate. Tell me what kind of fantasy football team you've got going on. Tell me your fantasy football team name. I was toying with the idea of using some audio from our WhatsApp group, and I may do that throughout the season. I think that would be fun uh, to have <laughs> as people talk about their teams or how bad something went on and, and whatnot. But I didn't get permission, so I didn't use any of the audio from, this, from, the, from the WhatsApp group up to this point. Again, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. Please leave your name in town when you do leave a message so I know who you are and where you're from, not so I can stalk you or anything, just so I know. I really do appreciate listening to episode 242 of I Can't See You. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.